All right, everybody, welcome back into the Phantom Football Podcast. We are so privileged to have you back on board tonight. It is insane right now. In the NFL offseason, I am joined once again by Simon Short and Ronan Summers. We are in the middle of just, I mean, there is too much to talk about. Uh, it, it's just like a regular season uh, a, a podcast in which there's too many games and too much news going on. We're going to first reaction as much of this as we can. We are loaded. Uh, Simon, I can tell you're as excited as I am. I am. Ben, we're mobbing out here, man. This is going to be fantastic. This is going to be such a fun show. We're going to rework 32 offensive lines based on what happened here. I'm pumped, man. I'm on a sugar rush. I'm really excited. Guys are everywhere. This is a fun day. The NFL's great. Roland, how you doing, man? I'm. I think Simon said it best. I'm mobbing right now. Uh, my head's spinning. I have no idea who. Well, I do have an idea of who went where, but uh, I mean, people are changing their addresses left and right. Ben, it is a. Uh, it's a fun time in the NFL offseason. I tell you, the real estate market has got to see a spike in early March every single year, right? <laughs> Yeah. What do you think the U.S. Postal Service thinks about NFL free agency? Yes. How do you think they feel about all that extra paperwork, change of address forms? Yes. Does it all just go to the P.O. box at the agency? Like, what are, we need to? This is what we need to find out. This is the hard hitting stuff that the people need. Everywhere outside of New England, right? Yes. Any other state that has an NFL team? Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, this is great, man! Right. I'm so excited. All right, well, let's jump right into it. It's going to be sloppy and messy tonight. We don't care. We are loaded. Our content is going to be through the roof. We are we are, we are, are loaded and excited. Okay, uh, let's start off with the Bears. Uh, they had the most money. They got more money than anybody. They can sign anybody they want to. Uh, I don't think too many people are going to turn down too much money to come to Chicago and play. Here's what they did first day of, of, of tampering uh, sessions. Um Philadelphia linebacker T.J. Edwards is now a Chicago Bear. Um, Titans offensive lineman Nate Davis is now a Bear. And uh, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds from the Buffalo Bills will also be a Bear whenever this all gets formalized, first day of league year, et cetera, et cetera. Simon, you first. Yeah, this is very great stuff from the Bears. We'll A little bit later in the segment, to, in a segment tonight, we'll talk about the actual trade that the Bears made of the first overall pick. We'll get into all that and why this all ties in and makes sense. But from a free agency perspective, especially after that trade, we were thinking, okay, they have so much money. Hit the defense with your money, with your financial investment. Get guys that are ready to come in and play and put a good defense back together. And, you know, see what you can do on the offensive line. Maybe a piece or two. I think Ronan tried to get five guys to sign there last week when we talked, which, you know, we love. We fully initiated Ronan into the podcast when he said that. That was great. <laughs> um, and then, you know, go go draft with one or two really kind of high-level offensive linemen. And everything's shaping up for all of that to take place. They get these two linebackers, which, yeah, if you want to talk analytics, you probably spent – a lot for off the ball linebackers. Um, but also you have a lot of money to spend. The TJ Edwards deal is relatively healthy. The Tremaine Edmonds deal might be a slight overpay, but for a young guy that's uber athletic and seems to just be getting better, um, the, the Bears needed help up front and, and they attacked it hard and heavy with those guys. Nate Davis is a guy I really liked. Um, in, in Tennessee, I'm very surprised they didn't retain him. But he's going to come to Chicago, and he's going to be a huge asset in whatever version of a run game they have. 
but he's going to instantly be an upgrade. Probably at right guard, I, I assume he'll stay there. That's where he was in Tennessee. Um, but immediate upgrade, and as of right now, probably the highest level of talent on that offensive line is Nate Davis. So I really like the, the direction they're headed for Chicago, even if they may be overpaid for for a couple guys a little bit. Uh, Ronan, what did you think of Chicago? I loved what they've done so far. You know, we're just one day in, and they've addressed the front seven, which I think we all could agree that was a very, very uh, depleted second, well, a depleted group for that defense. I almost said position group, but that's linebackers and defensive linemen. All the positions. Uh, yeah, they they reworked the linebackers, you know, getting Edwards and Edmonds. Uh, I think it is kind of convenient that Roquan Smith gets shipped out uh, and then Edmonds gets a little bit of an overpay, you know, uh, going into this offseason with all that money and you're going for a young linebacker. I don't know why you don't just bite the bullet, but I guess that's just a story for another time. Uh, but uh, you hit it on the head with Edmonds. I think he's only going to improve. And, uh, you know, with that Chicago secondary, you know, they're young. Uh, they didn't have the best season last year, but they're only going to improve, I think. Uh, th- that defense might be really fun to watch if they can string together a nice defensive line uh, moving forward. Yeah, I, I, I got so many thoughts on the Bears. Let me hit them quick. Edwards and Edmonds I like. I like that they didn't just bring in one linebacker and expect him to save the position group in the front seven. They brought in two guys who can work in tandem. They're both youngish. They both look like they have already shown some seasoning on good defenses, so I like that. Now, I reserve the right to pull back all of that when I see the contract structures in a, in a, in a few days. If I don't like it, too much guarantees, too much uh, you know, not built enough into the back end. Uh, if I don't like that, I'm going to tear this apart. But Strategy-wise, I love the fact they went after one of their huge weaknesses, which y'all mentioned it was the front seven. They got two linebackers that can work together with each other. So I love, love, love that. The Bears did something here that that is going to help them out for the next two or three seasons. Nate Davis, I'm not the hugest fan of, but I do at least like that the Bears went after this offensive line. It is a joke that they have waited this long to help Justin Fields out. It is an absolute joke. They should have done this two off-seasons ago. So I like the fact that they're trying to bring somebody in, and Nate Davis is a decent offensive lineman to me. Simon, I think you like him a little bit better, but we both agree they've improved the offensive line. So now I like him a whole lot say- next to Tevin Jenkins com- or compared yeah. to Tevin Jenkins and Cody Wire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I got to say, though, I did a, a, a mock draft simulator a, a, a few days ago for the Chicago Bears. If they don't come away with at least two, if not three offensive linemen in the top two or three rounds of this draft, I am going to crucify them for the next three seasons, okay? They have to, have to, have to. It can't stop here. They have to pull in some legit, young, drafted offensive linemen. If it stops here, then it's ridiculous. But I don't think it's going to. I think they're going to move off of that. Uh, Simon I think they could even keep going in free agency. When when they made the first signing of TJ Edwards, uh, it was reported that Isaac Sayamalu, the, the guard from Philadelphia, was also on their radar. Now, we haven't seen anything since. I don't know if it was kind of a Nate Davis or Sayamalu situation, but I wouldn't mind seeing them get both guys in, to plug those guys in at guard. Uh, like you said, they're, they're going to go tackle in that top 10 pick. They have to. They signed Lucas Patrick last year from Green Bay. If they want to keep him at center, fine. Um, I, I I would be surprised if they were done even in free agency. And and I actually do have the Tremaine Edmonds guarantees at least. We don't know the full structure of it, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Ben. 
uh, four year, $72 million a year. That's about 18 million on average. If you were just to take AAV on that, uh, 50 million guaranteed. So that's two full years. Essentially, we don't, again, we don't know what the signing bonus is like, how that spreads out, but that's essentially, I would say the signing bonus and maybe two guaranteed years of the four years. Does that change your thoughts or anything? Again, we no. don't know fully, but. No, and the reason it doesn't is because the piece of information that's missing is is that $6 million in the first season and then 30 in season four. That's what I need to see personally to really give a, a full-fledged opinion. But I do like that essentially only probably two, two and a half seasons is guaranteed, and you've, it looks like you've got flexibility on the back end, yes. Yeah, and for such a young player, I mean, what is he? I think he's still 25. I think he won't turn 26 until sometime, you know, during the season. Uh Oh, no, he'll turn he's 24 right now he turns 25 in may so he's gonna play this whole season as a 25 year old so you're talking even if you needed to cut him as a 27 year old um that's that's probably that's still probably pretty decent i'll, I'll take right. that that's the thing it, you know i don't mind if you've got a guy that you really 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 like not a guy that you hope improves <laughs> a guy that you like i don't mind paying him paying him a little extra especially if you put him with another guy but then you've got some room on the back end just in case something goes wrong. But Ronan's point was great, and it wasn't even something I thought about. Like, why didn't you just give this to Roquan Smith? I don't know. I I don't. I'd have to see the differences and like when did polls maybe have this much power? Right? Could he have given Roquan Smith an extension of this amount a year and a half ago? Um, could he have given him that deal? before the season started or did it literally take all of this season and then for him to put his offseason plan together take it to ownership and say i need to pay a middle linebacker this much money for ownership to say okay green light go ahead we'll we'll never know that information but that is a great point by ronan wondering why didn't we just do that with the guy we drafted four years well ago? my opinion is because you get a second a second round pick and a fifth round pick for him is why so now you have yeah. Not, not only had you invested money in linebackers that you believe in, who may or may not be quite as good as Roquan Smith, but you've got the draft picks too. So that's, for me, what would be why the Bears did that. Great point. Um, all right. Anything else on the Bears? Our first team of the night. I love it. I love it. Okay. Keep going, Chicago. Um, we believe in you. Roland, I'm going to start off with you. I, I don't have as much to say about the Broncos, but I'll, I'll start with you. You kick it to Simon, and then we'll hit the next team. Broncos sign offensive guard Ben Powers, offensive tackle Mike McGlinchey, defensive lineman Zach Allen, and linebacker – they re-signed, sorry, linebacker Alex Singleton. Rona? Yeah, I, I so far, you know, the, we just talked about the Bears, and I think they've had a really good day, or they have had a really good start, but I think the Broncos have had the best start so far. I mean, adding a new guard and then and, uh, Ben Powers and then tackle Mike McGlinchey. McGlinchey is no joke, man. He was no joke in San Francisco, and they're getting a mean one in Denver. So him sealing off, I assume, the right side still, that's going to be an absolute blast for Javante Williams whenever he comes back. It seems like I, I don't know the the ins and outs of uh, their play styles, but it does seem like they're going to be converting to a little bit more of a bully ball style of, of offense. Um, and, and then Zach Allen was a fantastic signing. Uh, he had a nice little pop-off year this year uh, going into his contract year and for Arizona. And, man, they are adding some dogs onto the Denver. And, uh, you know, Sean Payton, he, he's scheming together a, a nice little team. And the Walmart, what, baby – or Walmart Junior, right? Walmart Junior. 
backing up the Brinks truck, backing up the Brinks truck. Simon. Yeah. When, uh, when I was starting to put the doc together for this week and, and I thought I was going to be real clever, um, throwing in the Brian Windhorse meme uh, of just seeing all the things that, that Broncos had done to clear cap space, uh, this week, kind of quietly, uh, the, one of their guards, uh, Gladowski, I forget who it was. Um, I just butchered his name, but I'll find it in here. Uh, but they they cut him. They restructured a couple guys, and they were creating all this cap space. And you wondered, okay, they're they're gonna pull something off with the lack of draft capital that they had, and the amount of holes that they were gonna have on this roster. And you know they don't have any draft picks moving forward. You you knew something was gonna happen. What was it gonna be? Um, and then the Ben Powers deal was the first one that came through and I was like, okay, I mean, he's, he's nice. Like, you know, he's fine. It might be a little much, but he's decent. Um, but then Mike McGlinchey came through and that, that was a big one. We talked him up last week for sure. He's not, he's not Ryan Ramchick. I don't want to say that. And I'm not going to say that. That's not what I'm saying, but just think about what Ryan Ramchick meant to that saints offensive line. And you're getting a, like. 75% of that in Mike McGlinchey, maybe. Um, so I think Sean Payton knows what he's looking for there from that right tackle position. So that's that's pretty good. I, I think that'll be a really good fit. And then Zach Allen, um, the, the Broncos lost uh, Draymond Jones. We'll talk about him later on. Uh, but they add just a really big, physical, talented guy who's going to fit that scheme really well on the defensive line. Uh, I, I really like what they did. They, they created the cap space that they needed. Um, and they are going to, I think, have a much improved roster and a much improved season going into next year. Ben? Yeah, and by the way, we're going to have more financial conversations as the offseason goes along. We'll talk more about what kind of a financial situation these teams may have put themselves over the next few seasons. But for now, we're just talking about who they've added and what we like. We're not so much even talking about what uh, we have taken away. It was Graham Glasgow, by the way. I just went to a fix that for myself graham glasgow yeah, glasgow's a guy i like but uh injuries have, have kind of hurt him a little bit he is not quite the guy he used to be unfortunately uh by the way ronnie you made a great point looks like the the broncos don't know how good they're gonna be in pass protection but in run blocking they they're gonna be dominant at least at least on that right side for sure and mcglinchy will hold up fine in, in pass protection as well all right uh let me hit a couple of cute uh, small signings here Falcons signed defensive lineman David Onyemata. Patriots re-signed uh, uh, sorry, cornerback Jonathan Jones. Simon, you first. Yeah, Jonathan Jones was a, a tag candidate for New England. So when they let him walk, it was kind of one of those, oh, he's going to go get overpaid somewhere else and, and not, not play as well. Uh, but him coming back to New England, I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's so good that they wanted to sign him back or – He's just not quite good enough for someone to overpay him. So he's just going to come back and be like pretty good. Uh, but either way, New England keeps a little continuity. Jonathan Jones uh, had a pretty good season. Um, they have a young DB room overall. It keeps some leadership as well. Uh, safety, Devin McCourty retired uh, last week. So it just keeps, keeps a little more continuity back there for them. So I think that's pretty important. Yeah, I agree because the John the JJ contract um, is nineteen million over two years is what I'm yeah. seeing. By the way, for our audience listening, a lot of the reports that come out in the first day or two, the finances are not always accurate. So, grain of salt with some of these numbers. A lot of times, the media comes back two three days later 
and readjust them. So just just keep that in mind. But what we're seeing here, 19 million over two years for a starting cornerback that you that already knows your system. Uh, that's not bad, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, uh, Ronan, anything from you on those two particular guys? Uh, you know, Anya Mata is coming off a pretty decent season. Uh, from I, I believe he is a nose tackle, correct, or interior defensive lineman at the league. Yeah. I don't believe he's not on the edge. I know he ain't on the edge. Uh, but five sacks, forty-three tackles, eighteen assisted tackles. Uh, pretty solid season for you know a guy who's what 30, 30 years old. Yeah, thirty years old. Yep. So uh, yeah, I, I think Atlanta. We will get to uh some uh well, another one of their additions in a second, but Atlanta's having a pretty good start too. All right, uh, Ronan, I'm going to start with – I have so much to talk about with the Panthers, okay? Not much on the Lions, though. So, Ronan, let's start with you on the Lions, and then you kick it to uh, over to Simon. They signed cornerback Cam Sutton, and I know Simon's got some stuff on that, and then uh, they re-signed linebacker Alex Anzalone. Yeah, uh, Cam Sutton. Secondary has been a little bit of an issue, so going out there and getting a corner, especially a guy like Cam Sutton, who Simon will tell us a little bit more about, uh, it is going to be wildly beneficial and it might restrict them or limit, not limit them, but it'll allow them not to feel pressured to take a corner in that first round. If they like, you know, uh, they might want to go best player available at six. Uh, but Simon, what's, what's the deal on Cam Sutton? Cause I thought he was going to be a stealer. I did too, especially for that number. We'll, we'll get into probably why he wasn't here in a little while, but, um, just a guy that could play all over inside out defends the run became a little bit more of a playmaker taking the ball away a little bit more this year um so he's going to come in and i think just fit right in and and at, at a good price i think they added some void years which is a little funky but overall i think cam sutton is a, is a really good player he's going to provide a lot of stability and versatility for the detroit uh backfield and then i was just a little disappointed the lions re-signed alex anzalone so quickly i'm not surprised uh we said last week in regards to jamal williams on the offensive side we thought this would be the kind of team that that would pay and pay pretty quickly for their their veteran leaders and anzalone was definitely that on the defensive side so while from a talent perspective i would have liked to have seen them dip into this off-ball linebacker market see if they can maybe improve that position I'm not surprised they brought him back, but uh, so far, solid start for the Lions, I would say. Uh, ben? Yeah, I, and I'm sorry. I'm looking up one thing right now on uh, on the Panthers, but that brings us to the Carolina Panthers, and I'm looking up how much money they just gave uh, Shy Tuttle. I think it's, yeah, three years, $19.5 million, the Saints defensive tackle. So let me go back to our Panthers list here. Panthers bring in defensive tackle Shy Tuttle from the Saints at uh, three years, $18 million. They also uh, bring safety Von Bell in, very well known from the Bengals, uh, at three years, $22 million. And they have re-signed center Bradley Bozeman to three years and $18 million. Simon, I'm going to tee off here for a minute on the Panthers, and I'm going to toss it over to you for all the reactions you want to give us here. Um, let me start with Tuttle. I, I wasn't sure um, that the, the Panthers even needed to do anything at interior defensive line. I, but I like this. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Three years, uh, $19.5 million. And if nothing else, you've just made your defensive line stronger. I, I like it. They already had some pretty good pieces there on the defensive line, but this makes them better and deeper. Um, the Bond Bell signing, I love. <laughs> I liked it even before I heard the money. 
he is not a, a huge difference maker kind of a safety. But you talk about just a quality starting safety in the league who plays hard and does a lot of different things very well. He doesn't have a, an outstanding attribute that you're just like, wow, he pops off the screen. But a guy that just back there really kind of sets the table, uh, a nice solid table. The money is three years, $22 million. That's the whole deal. We have seen safeties, I, not cornerbacks. We have seen safeties sign for a whole heck of a lot more who were in this ballpark talent-wise. So I like the fact that the Panthers have brought him in. It makes the secondary better. That was something they needed. And I specifically like that they brought in a guy off a team like the Bengals in which he knows what it's like to play on a good defense and win big games. Um, that brings us to Bradley Bozeman here, um, center. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about this for 20 minutes, I'm sure, Simon, but let me hit it first. Bradley Bozeman, to me, is passable as a starting center. I don't hate it. He's not horrible. But you're always going to be looking to upgrade that spot, in my opinion. And the money's not awful. It's three years, $18 million. So for a fringe starter to me, a fringe starter sender, $6 million a year. We'll see how, this, how the structure lays out. I don't hate it, but I hate it. There are centers that I have my eyes on here in the second round of the NFL draft. Several of them, I think three of them that I like, that I had my eyes on. And the Panthers, I thought, really should have moved in that direction. It, it's just they, they've got a line that they're trying to build. You and I have talked about it. I think you like them a little bit better than I do. But they've got a pretty good offensive line in the works here. And instead, they're bringing back Bozeman. And I personally would have gone into the draft for this. Yeah, I agree. I, I wanted them to go draft for center as well. Uh, but Bradley Bozeman, he, like you said, he's he's fine. And, and it's a fairly young group. I mean, Ick McQuan right. going into year two, Brady Christensen going into year three, Austin Corbett going into year like five or six, Taylor Moten's a veteran. Um, it's good to get another veteran in there. And, and here's the other thing, especially when you have a rookie quarterback that's going to be coming in. We'll talk more about the Panthers in the trade later. I think that's probably a big factor in this too. Maybe if they were going to have a veteran quarterback come back again this season, maybe maybe if they had actually been in that Derek Carr sweepstakes, we could see them go rookie center and just go with a young offensive line with a veteran QB. Those young quarterbacks from both them and the coaching staffs, we've heard really benefit from a veteran center. So maybe that's part of it as well. I think for the talent that's on this line, Moten, Aquanu, plus tackles, Corbett, uh, it is a plus guard. Brady Christensen, I think right now is an average guard, but I like him. I, I project he's going to get even better. Um, I think having a league average center that's fairly cheap and, and that showed, and I think he played 12 or 13 games this season, um, that he can fit with this group and they can continue to grow together, I think has a lot of value to it. So so I'm I'm overall fine with it, but like you, I would have liked to have seen that second round pick maybe go to, go to a center and see what can really uh, pop off there. Um, Shy Tuttle, uh, I think might be a little insurance for Matt Ioannidis, who's a free agent who played pretty well for the Panthers this season. Also, maybe uh, a building block in case they can't sign Derek Brown to an extension, possibly. I think he's extension eligible. So kind of an insurance move. But yeah, fine player. Uh, ben, I want to ask you a question about some safety play with the Panthers, because I, I do also like Von Bell. He's a guy that can cover tight ends a little bit, patrols the middle of the field pretty well, plays both pass and run pretty well. How do you see him fitting with a guy like Jeremy Chin, who's also closer to a traditional box safety, being a pretty big guy closer to the line of scrimmage? 
yeah, you're right. Fit-wise, <laughs> what are they going to do? But for me, uh, Chin takes a back seat. He's coming in off the bench for me. That's that's the end of the story. From what I've seen of Chin, he's not horrible. I really don't think he should be a full-time starter. I just haven't seen enough. But you bring him in as a backup, you bring him in as spots. For me, talent-wise, that's the difference. I've seen enough from Bell for a couple of seasons now. Tough back into that defense. He's a huge part of it. With Chin, I just haven't seen enough to where I like him on the field for any more than, say, you know, 400 snaps a season, to be honest. Gotcha. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, and by the way, there's nothing that says the Panthers can't go out and draft a center in the tight end and develop him, uh, a center in the second round and develop him uh, while Bozeman is getting the starts for the next season or two. We'll see how it plays out. All right. That's the Panthers. Ronan, the Dolphins have signed quarterback, or they will sign. I, I forget at what point it all becomes official if it's start of league year, but uh, we, we all understand that. Um, quarterback Mike White from the division Jets and uh, linebacker David Long. Kick us yeah, off. David Long, uh, that, that should be a nice addition uh, in their linebacking group. Uh, he's had a pretty solid career, relatively quiet, but uh, he's come up in pretty big spots for the Titans. So, uh you know, again, we'll talk about the Dolphins trade later, um, but that defense is shaping up to look pretty nice. And then Mike White, uh, it raised a, an eyebrow, truthfully, for me, because, uh, you know, the whole Tua situation, they picked up his fifth-year option, so the, the reports were coming out. Oh, it looks like Miami's really comfortable with Tua, you know, coming out there in his health. And then they turn around and sign Mike White, and, and I understand it. You know, you, you have to have insurance at the quarterback position. Um, but I did not expect Mike White to go to the, to Miami. I expected him maybe to uh, go somewhere where he had an off chance at, at getting some more playing time. Uh, then again, with Tua's injury history, maybe he will be out on the field, you know, unfortunately, more than uh, the, the Dolphins planned for. Simon, I don't know if you have any Dolphins uh, thoughts. Yeah, just get get yourself high-level backup after Tua had, you know, his, his injuries, uh, his concussions last year, and obviously the quarterback play was not up to snuff. So insulate yourself a little bit there. David Long, very good player, uh, fills the run gaps really, really well at linebacker. The Dolphins' defense, I thought, I think has really overperformed the last couple of years, so now they're adding some real talent along with some of those other guys they already had. Uh, obviously Bradley Chubb at the trade deadline, um, and, and then Jalen Ramsey trade, which we'll get into. So they're adding some real talent. My thing with David Long is just how healthy can he stay? He plays like a linebacker who's 6'3", 240, but he's about 5'11", 6 foot, 225. Um, that causes some injuries. He hasn't played a full season yet. So I just wonder how much you're going to get him. But they got him on a, a pretty uh, team-friendly deal, I think like 5.5 mil annual value. So uh, I, I think is good move for them uh, on both fronts. Ronan, I'm going to keep it with you, but the Raiders. Uh, Raiders signed quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. First reaction? Uh, you know, my first reaction, truthfully, was uh, I think that the Raiders are going to be going quarterback at seven. Uh, I thought that they would be a little bit more invested in one of these maybe higher-tier free agent quarterbacks. Well, between – well, shoot, Carr was obviously released, so he can't come back there. Uh, but uh, maybe not free agent, but I thought they'd be in the mix for someone like Lamar for Rogers. Um, but you know, they go with Jimmy G who does have the Josh McDaniels connection. Uh, they've had success together and, uh, they are sitting at that seventh overall pick. Jimmy's had a quarterback drafted under him before. 
he's been through it before. I'm sure it's been a conversation uh, between he and McDaniels and the rest of the Raiders front office. Uh, so I would not be shocked at all if we see a guy like Anthony Richardson, who I'm not sure will slip that far to seven, uh, but maybe even a Will Levis, who is still viewed as a little bit more of a project, uh, get taken at seven by Las Vegas. Simon, you, you were nodding your head. Are you in agreement with me? Are we able to agree here? I think we're I think we're agreeing. I think we're agreeing. Look at that. Yeah. Uh this is essentially, I think, for Jimmy G a one year, like thirty-four million dollar deal. It's officially a three year sixty-seven and a half mil uh million dollar deal. One year thirty-four. Uh Josh McDaniels has said they want to find a long-term solution at quarterback. Jimmy G gets them essentially the same level of play of car last year, but for like half the cap hit. Um, because of the nature of this deal, it's gonna be even though cash wise, I think he's getting about the same as Carr this year, uh, as as Carr would have. The cap hit is much much lower, so they're going to be able to build around this thing. Uh, but I I do think they're going to sit firmly at seven. When you know I I, I don't think they're going to be in a position where they feel they need to trade up at this point. Carr gives them that security blanket, like he did for the 49ers for a while. Um, and and they'll see who's there, who falls at seven. Otherwise, they're going to continue to build around. Uh, the the rest of the guys on this team, like they did with safety Marcus Epps, getting him from Philadelphia, uh, a, a starter uh, with that played a lot of snaps on a good Philadelphia defense. The Raiders need help at every position defensively. Uh, this gets him a, a, a good guy over the top who's played with good players before and can bring a little you know Super Bowl savviness uh, to to the Raiders defense. Yeah, and. Sorry, I'm looking up something right now. Again, I'm, I'm doing doing that all night. Um, but we'll, we'll talk more about – I will talk more about the draft and what I think teams should be doing at quarterback uh, as the draft gets closer. You guys are honestly playing chess when I'm playing checkers when it came to when it came to thinking about this Raiders quarterback move. Because me, I'm looking backwards at Derek Carr and thinking, I like Carr. And, and, I, and I like Jim Garoppolo, but I like Carr better significantly than I like Garoppolo. Why would you move on from Carr to Garoppolo? But what you guys are saying there makes sense. Whether or not – whether or not they even do it, they got to be thinking about it, right? Richardson or or Levis, if they're sitting there at seven, they got to at least be thinking about, hey, we got a guy we can compete with for two or three seasons if we want to, and what's wrong with pulling in a rookie behind him and, and letting him grow up for a couple of seasons if we if we're not going to trade up for for two of the big guns? Uh, so I like what you're saying there. And then, uh, sorry, I was looking up some stuff on Epps, but I'll let that slide for now. Um, but you're right, the Raiders have made a couple of moves here. They are trying. And they made a lot of moves last year, so we'll see how it all works out for them. Um, that's the Raiders. Anything else on the, on, on the Raiders before we move to the Bills? Nah, I think we're oh, good. Sir. All right, so uh, the Bills have one move so far. Uh, they may have more, and again, this is fluid. People in our audience know that. Uh, the Bills have signed offensive guard Connor McGovern from the Cowboys. I don't have the money, and I'm not even sure I care about the money at this point. Simon, my reaction is this, and, and you and I can talk offensive line for a while here. I like Connor McGovern. He's fine. He's solid. Uh, you know, if you need a guard, this guy will help you. I'm not sure this is an upgrade for the Buffalo offensive line. I thought they had a whole bunch of guys who were fine and solid and would give you a pretty good chance at each position. I And, and I get it. They're playing musical chairs. Somebody's leaving. Somebody else is coming in. And, and maybe there's some money factors here. I'm not sure this makes Buffalo any better. I, I really wish they would have found some way if not financially, if they didn't want to, you know, pay a lot of money for somebody, 
then pull a talented guy into the draft and put in from the draft and put him in here with some other guys who were okay and solid. Uh, I not a huge fan here, even even before we talk money. Yeah, and the average annual value is, is coming out a little bit over seven and a half mil. It's a three year, twenty three million dollar year uh, per Mike Garofalo. Um, not yeah, not great. Uh, I really hope. Uh, well, there's two sides of this. One that's a little much to be paying a backup, um, especially at guard. And two, yeah, this is a downgrade from a guy like Roger Saffold. Now, maybe this is for Ryan Bates at, at right guard, and you still bring Saffold back. That I would be fine with. Um, I don't think anything's happening with Mitch Morse, even though he did deal with injuries last year because McGovern's a guy that can play some center as well. Um, Bates, all, I think Bates played some center when Morse was out. So if this was a bring Saffold back, start McGovern at right guard, and put uh, put Bates on the bench as the swing interior guy, that would be fine. But if this is a, hey, we're going to pay McGovern four million less than we'd have to pay saffold and we're going to try and roll with that that's that's an issue that's not good yeah i i'm not in love with it either direction i i see what you're saying and and i guess i'm more okay with it in the second scenario than i am the first but like yeah, either like, way not great but either way i'm like ah, this this is your move <laughs> this when you're when you're competing with the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Chargers and the Jets and the Dolphins and the Ravens, this is your first move. I don't. It didn't do anything for me. I'll put it that way. I was just glad, uh, and I made sure I put the Dallas Connor McGovern here in the dock, so Ben wouldn't try to tell us why Jets Connor McGovern would be a better starting center than Mitch Morse. I'm glad we don't have to do that. I. I can, but we won't do that. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I'm muting myself for that. I I I, I don't. I can't say what I'm going to say to you now. Um, rolling in a minute, we're going to get to you on the Falcons. But for now, me and Simon are going to make medicine over this Chiefs offensive tackle named Jawan Taylor that has come over from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Simon, I'm going to let you hit this one first because I hit several of these offensive linemen first. So you get first take, and I'll come back swinging. I'm so excited, man. Juwan Taylor is my guy, 25 years old, played his best ball last year, um, getting 20 mil. I think he got a four-year, $80 million deal straight up. Don't know how much is guaranteed, but that's left tackle money. Uh, so the reports are saying they're going to, uh, the Chiefs are going to move him over to left tackle. I'm excited about that. I think he's going to do well. He's going to a situation where he's going to play next to Joe Tooney, first of all. We saw how much better he got playing next to Brandon Sheriff last year than he was playing next to the likes of Andrew Norwell and and uh, I forget the guy that went to the Texans this year. Um, anyways, he plays well when he plays next to a good guard, shocker. Uh, he's going to play for a great coaching scheme and system. He's going to play with a quarterback behind him that's great at avoiding sacks and avoiding pressure. Um, so he's set up for success here. And we talked about it last year, last week. A 25-year-old offensive tackle with four years of starting experience, you just don't see on the market a lot. So the fact that they're getting him in now, probably a better scheme fit. You know, he, he was Trevor Lawrence's tackle last year, and that worked out pretty well. It's going to be pretty similar from Mahomes. Um, I think he's going to be a better fit and a little bit cheaper than Orlando Brown was. So I think that's great. And just to play musical chairs a little bit, excited what to see what they do at right tackle. We'll talk about where Andrew Wiley went here in a little bit. But, you know, do they, does Darian Kennard from Kentucky last year's mid-round pick, does he start a right tackle next year? Do they kick out Trey Smith, the right guard, who's had 
great success for two years, uh, but play tackle in college. Do they kick him out to tackle and play Kennard at guard? Um, very, very excited to see about what the Chiefs do here. Really excited for Juwan Taylor going to a good team with a great quarterback, chance to win. He's young. He's going to make money. Uh, this, this is a really fun one. I'm really happy about this one. Before I get to Taylor himself, let me start with the Chiefs. I wish in, a, in an ideal world – you just draft another tackle as soon as Mitchell Schwartz and, and Eric Fisher go away two off seasons ago, and, and you move forward with that guy. The Chiefs' problem is it's hard to get one where they draft. It's just hard to find one. And even when they have attempted in the later rounds, the third and fourth rounds, it has been miserable failures to do so. So they are kind of in, the, in a position of, man, We'd love to be back to throwing the football deep with Mahomes instead of getting rid of it at 2.2 and 2.5 seconds. We'd love to hang on to it for three and 3.5 seconds. We think we, that's not an unreasonable ask that we should be able to do that. And, and we're kind of limiting Mahomes by not being able to hang on to the ball and get these receivers open deeper uh, with, with more time. So I, 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 they're, they're, they're kind of in a box here. So let's get to Taylor himself. Jawan Taylor has some of the fastest feet you'll ever see for a tackle. And he is so athletic, and he is young, and I like that. He's still a little bit underdeveloped. And, Simon, I think I think you would agree. Here's a guy who seems to have a lot of talent, and I, I guess we can blame the Jaguars for this, I guess. He he didn't play a lot at Florida. He, play, he played very few games when he was at Florida, actually. Then he gets to Jacksonville, and he's been with three different coaching staffs in four seasons. So, to me, he looks like a guy who's underdeveloped against – Top edge rushers. This is against um, Hassan Reddick of the Eagles. This is against Micah Parsons of the Cowboys. He holds up pretty well He in, in pass protection. He actually holds up very solid. Now, he can't stop them on an island all game, every game. Don't expect that. But against the best of the best, he holds up pretty well. And then when you put him against mediocre edge rushers, he's fine. He does just fine. Where he struggles is in run blocking, but the Chiefs don't care. The Chiefs are not worried about running the ball to the left side. They, they really don't care. But even that, it's not because Taylor's incapable. It's because he hasn't been developed or matured. A lot of the missed blocks you see are just where he's too eager. It's like a little kid in the candy shop. He bounces off his blocks too quick. He just needs to settle in a little bit more. And, Simon, you nailed it. Getting to play with Joe Tooney is going to help him so much. Getting to play for Andy Reid is going to help him so much. Getting to play with an organization that is so stable and so solid is going to help him. Instead of playing for Urban Meyer and three coaching staffs in four seasons, I don't care if they move in the left tackle. I think they should, and then they'll figure out right tackle. Um, but back to you, Simon. Yeah, man. I mean, all of that. Uh, I'm just, I'm just so excited. Uh, uh, I can see this guy running out there with Isaiah Pacheco, just like smashing people, not really knowing where they are 100% of the time, and just trying to like inflict as much pain as possible on the move. Um, I'm, I'm very, I'm just, I'm very excited. I was just looking this up. His, his games, seven, eight games, eight games at Florida. That's, that's crazy, man. I had no idea. Yeah, the, the fact that this guy essentially came out after like a freshman year of college and became an NFL starting tackle for the, one of the most dysfunctional franchises we have and is even in this position to get paid. I mean, shoot, man. Um, Jawad Taylor. I'm so excited. This yeah. I, and you guys know when we're old men sitting around in rocking chairs, I'm going to be fussing at the chiefs for having traded for Orlando Brown because he can't stop edge rushers. But 
Jawan Taylor can. Now, sometimes they'll have to help him, but it won't be every play and it won't be every game. They can plug him in at left tackle, give him the first half of the season to kind of get used to playing that side of the line, and he should be fine for the next three or four seasons over there at left tackle. Um, it, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be an upgrade in pass protection. There's no question about it. So um, money aside, I think this is good for Kansas City. All right, uh, Ronan, uh, the Falcons signed safety, the other safety, Jesse Bates from the Bengals, and linebacker Caden Ellis. Talk to us about it. Yeah, Cincy's secondary is going to be hurting after this offseason because they're losing, uh, a, in this scenario, a very good one. Uh, Jesse Bates is coming off. He had another good year. Uh, he had a little bit of a down year in terms of tackles. He had 71 this year. Uh, he's hit the 100 mark three times. Uh, in the past five years, uh, in 2021, he had 88. But last year, he had a career high in interceptions with four. So he's a very, very quality safety. He's going to help out uh, that Atlanta secondary tremendously. A guy like A.J. Terrell will likely benefit with uh, a guy like Bates in the playing center field. Uh, but on the flip side of that, Bates will have a nice time, maybe with a little bit of pressure taken off of him. Uh, but Simon, you could probably tell us better than anybody uh, Jesse Bates' effect on the game, him coming from the AFC North. So what, what what are your thoughts on Jesse Bates heading to Atlanta? Yeah, Bates is a good player. I, I thought it was a little bit steep in terms of the price. I think he got like 16 mil a year or something again. We'll see how it's structured. Uh, but I thought it was a little steep of, of a price considering just some of the other needs from the Falcons. But, I mean, good for him, man. Since he, yeah, losing both safeties at one time is, is definitely tough. Uh, but Dax Hill was their first-round pick last year. They kind of went into this year knowing Bates was going to be gone. And I think it's probably why his tackle numbers were a little low and his interceptions were a little high. Uh, contract year, man. Don't hit too many people and just try and take the ball away a few more times. So, good good on good on him. He, he, he got his money. He's going to go down to Atlanta. It'll, it'll all be good. Simon, you're right. The money's a little high. It, 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 it's a little high. There's a markup. No, no question about it. I like bringing Bates to Atlanta. Um, Y'all know I've said it before. I, I, I thought Bates was heart and soul of the Bengals defense the past couple of seasons, if, if not in terms of talent, in terms of leadership and all that. Now, how much will the Bengals miss him specifically? We know they'll miss both safeties. I, I haven't done enough study. If if they're just really good at bringing in safeties and defensive backs and, and developing them, then they may not miss them a whole bunch after maybe midpoint of next season. We'll see. I like bringing them to Atlanta, but the secondary is so awful. If you're looking at him, he's not going to be able to change the position group or change the secondary. If they don't do something else in combination with this, like bring in a very talented defensive back who is sitting there in the top 10 of the draft or bring in another free agent, it's not going to matter. It's not going to make any difference at all. He's just not quite that talented. He's a very good starting safety who does a couple of things really well, but he is not going to make a huge difference here unless they do something else with it. So this is a start, and I like it, but but we'll see we'll see what else they do with it. Anything else in the Falcons? No, sir. Good to go. All right. Well, let's move on then off the Falcons. Um, I'm I'm going to hand out several. Actually, you know what? I'm not. <laughs> We're going to stop on the 49ers here. <laughs> okay. The 49ers have signed quarterback Sam Darnold, and they've also picked up defensive tackle Jason Hargrave. Uh, from the Eagles. Simon, you first. Yeah, man, Hargrave, that was the one 
Javon got, that got me so excited, man. Um, so many, so many reasons. I, I was listening to the uh, the athletic NFL show today, uh, kind of recapping it as well. And, and just one thing to keep in mind: Eric Armstead, I think, is up for an extension. Um, who knows? We, we're seeing a lot of stars kind of want to be traded right now if they're not getting the extension they want. So maybe it's a little bit of insurance on that. Um, my my second thought, trying to just put my excitement away is Javon Kinlaw, who they basically traded DeForest Buckner for, right, in that draft a couple of years ago. Um, he hasn't been quite to the level we were expecting. So to just plug Javon Hargrave into that in place of one, essentially, or both of those guys, or if Kinlaw, you know, pops off, they have all four of those guys, um, including Nick Bosa in there as well. This is incredible, man. This is so much fun. He's just going to tear it up. Ronan's shaking his head, thinking about his poor interior defensive lineman on the Rams. This is tough for him right now. Um, but this is incredible. This is so much fun. I'm really, really excited. The 49ers defense will obviously be a little bit different with D'Amico Ryans out the door, but they've been good under the last two DCs, and it starts with this defensive front, and it's going to continue. How about Javon Hargrave, man? Third-round pick, goes to the Steelers, a good organization, finds a role, Go plays well, goes to the Eagles, another good situation, another good organization, gets paid, plays a slightly different role, continues to get better and build his name, goes to a third team, gets big paid on a third good organization. You don't see this. When when guys come up, especially later round guys, and, and really blow up, and they go get paid somewhere, they go to a bad team, right? And, and nobody... Nobody bats an eye because, heck, yeah, man, go try and make an impact on a bad team and get your money. That's the most important thing these guys can do. Hargrave has gotten bigger and better contracts going to going from good organization to good organization, good team to good team. Um, shout out to Hargrave, man. This is so fun. The, when, when he's 34 and he's made all this money as a third-round pick and he's played for the Steelers, Eagles, and 49ers, and he's 30 and he just got this contract. Um, and, and that part of that comes from being that interior defensive lineman with the Steelers. He was a nose tackle and base, not until his last couple of years did he start even getting in on third downs consistently. Um, then he goes to the Eagles, who rotate third defensive lineman great. He stayed healthy. He stayed consistent. He's gotten better every single year. Uh, this is awesome, man. Just a great story for Hargrave and the 49ers. If they keep all those guys together, just scary up front. Ronan, uh, tell us your deepest, darkest fears as as we get into this. This, this is my deepest, darkest <laughs> fear, Simon. They've got Javon Hargrave. I thought he was, I thought he was going to go to the Bears. I, I, if I, if it were, if I were able to put money on it, I would have put everything on Javon Hargrave to the Bears. So whenever I got the notification from whoever reported it first, I was heartbroken. Uh, I, I audibly said some not nice words because Javon Hargrave is a difference maker. Uh, you've <laughs> gone on your rant for a reason, right? Uh, Javon Hargrave, 11 sacks, I believe, last year. He's going to be lined up with Armstead, potentially, uh, Kinlaw, and uh, – oh, yeah, Nick Bosa, too. By, by the so, way, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be a nightmare. And every time as, – speaking as a Rams fan, uh, every time we play them, it's not fun. And this year will be no different. Our offensive line better buck up. Uh, but Sam Darnold – getting uh, let's uh, let's not let this fly under the radar sam darnold 
heading to San Francisco. I thought he had a shot to go maybe play for a team like Tampa or Arizona, uh, but but he's going to San Francisco to be what quarterback three. Uh, Collect them I'll, checks, baby. Hey, I'll take it. I get or he'll Hold take that clipboard. It. Hey, amen, amen. But uh, yeah, good start for the 49ers, Ben. There's I listen. I got there's so much. If I'm the 49ers, I'm going to sign five quality quarterbacks for this roster because I I couldn't keep a healthy one last year. <laughs> but back to the Javon Hargraves thing, and Simon, I again, I I think you were talking more potential, but I'll, I'll say this: when I looked at the 49ers defensive line this offseason, as I broke down the teams looking at the talent base, I see Nick Bosa, who is all world, all pro potentially Hall of Fame kind of a track if he keeps it up, right? And then after that, I was a little surprised because we all know the 49ers defensive line this year was dominant against the run. They could get pressure on the quarterback. But when you look at the individuals, there is a massive, massive cliff drop-off in terms of actual talent and production. And you look at the rest of the guys here on this, the potential's there. But there is not really a standout starter among them. The rest of them all got like 400 snaps, 500 snaps, 300. So far in their careers, Eric Armstead's not the guy that he used to be. So far in their careers, they are rotational guys. They are bring them in in certain roles kind of guys. And the 49ers have mastered that. But you put Hargrave in the middle, especially with his ability to get the quarterback, combine him with Bosa. It's fantastic. If you're in the mood for more content from Phantom Sports Industries, join me, Brandon Tim, at the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. Together, we can analyze and discuss the favorite hobby of millions of football fans in new and insightful ways by crunching the data and reviewing past performances that will ultimately help us become champions in our respective leagues. Listen anytime, and new episodes drop on Wednesdays wherever podcasts are found. Once again, this is the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast from Phantom Sports Industries. This is Brandon Tim signing out from the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll see you there. All right, Rona, that brings us to a couple of defensive signings here. The Giants pick up linebacker Bobby Okereke, who I think several teams had somewhat of an interest in, depending on the money. And then uh, the Texans pick up uh, defensive back Jimmy Ward. Yeah, starting off with the uh, the Giants picking up Bobby Okereke. Uh, this was a guy that I viewed a team like Chicago might need to look into just because it, sure they had the money, but he's relatively cheap and he plays very well. He, last season he had 151 tackles, 52 assisted. And, uh, you know, he's joining a Giants defense that has already proven to be flying around. Uh, that's going to be a really fun move for uh, that Giants defense. And then for the Texans, they finally <laughs> – Finally, are bringing in some respectable vets, right? Uh, we were kind of maybe pointing and laughing throughout the past couple of off seasons because they'd bring in, you know, quote unquote veterans who might have been backups on teams and then brought in to maybe play, be, maybe play some significant snaps. But bringing a guy, guy like Jimmy Ward from the 49ers, uh, that'll that'll be very fun to watch him fly around with uh, guys like a. Uh, Oh, geez. Yeah, What's his Petrie name? Petrie. And, yeah, thank yeah. you, mm-hmm, Petrie. Mm-hmm. And then the Stingley, of course. Yep. Uh, I don't know why Petrie was the first one that came to mind there with uh, Derek Stingley being taken so early in last year's it. draft. I love it. 
Uh, yeah, Jimmy Ward, a familiar face with D'Amico Ryans in Houston. So uh, a, a nice team leader and uh, something that maybe can get the locker room started up. Nice little culture adjustment. Yeah, I, I agree. I like the Texans signing. I'll say the same thing about Ward to the Texans that I said about uh, some other team I can't remember now. Um, it's going to take more than that. You're going to have to mix some more people. If you're looking at him to save everything, not, not good. But again, this is the start of it. I like it. I really like the move. Um, Simon, uh, the, your beloved, uh, Steelers have signed, uh, well-known defensive back Patrick Peterson, whom I have loved for years, but I didn't do tape on him last year. So how do you feel? Yeah. Uh, well, first real quick, Bobby O'Karake to the Giants. Love that one. Their inside linebacker room was just atrocious by the end of the season. So I'm really excited to see what he does next year. Steelers and Peterson. Um, this is this is interesting, you know. Uh, it's obviously cool when your team signs a, a really good player. It's cool when like a storied franchise signs like a storied type of player. It's just a cool story. Um, I keep saying story, 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 but you know it's fine. It's it's fine. This is why they let Cam Set walk for eleven mil a season, which felt like a number that was very reasonable. So you had to say, okay, why? Ryan Windhorse again, right? Why, why, why would they do this? What's going on here? Um, and you get Patrick Peterson for a, a few million bucks less. I think he's going to be about like seven a year or something like that over two years. So it's a shorter commitment. I think they have every intention of going corner in the first or second round of the draft. First round would not surprise me at all. Uh, and I think this just gives them a way to more cheaply and more short term still have another veteran in the building um, and a guy who's a little higher profile that, that a rookie might like to learn from. But Cam Sutton was, was I thought really invaluable to the team. Um, so it is interesting that they kind of, you know, put, put their hearts uh, aside and, and, you know, just went and got a guy that was a few million cheaper. Uh, he had a bounce back year, Peterson, this past year, I thought he was starting to show his age the, the two years prior I do think the Vikings played a lot of zone though. And the Steelers play a lot of man. So we'll see, how that kind of rectifies itself as the year goes. But I, I'm sure this is essentially like one year for Peterson that's going to cost any real money. And for that reason, I'm fine with it. All right. Um, for the audience's sake, I'm going to list off several names here to finish off our list. I'm going to talk about uh, Andrew Wiley, and then you guys pick and choose what you want off of that, okay? Um, the commanders claim cornerback Cam Dantzler off of waivers. The commanders signed offensive lineman Nick Gates. They also signed offensive tackle Andrew Wiley from the Chiefs. The Vikings have signed Edger, Marcus Davenport. The Seahawks pick up defensive lineman Dramont Jones. The Saints re-signed quarterback Jameis Winston. And the Browns signed defensive lineman Dalvin Tomlinson. While you guys stew over that for a minute, I got to talk about the, the commanders picking up Andrew Wiley and how much I love this move. The commanders are loaded on offense. They have all kinds of weapons to throw to. They have running backs to run the ball with. No matter what they end up doing at quarterback, they've at least got Howell, who's kind of a playmaker, kind of a quarterback, if they don't add anybody else. So their biggest problem last year was offensive line, and they know it. It's not that they don't have pieces. They have pieces, but still sloppy, inconsistent, couple of holes. Andrew Wiley comes in, who is one of the most underrated offensive linemen in professional football. He played right tackle for the Chiefs the past two seasons, and that's not his best position. His best position is guard, specifically right guard, which he did an outstanding job of 
until the far more talented Mr. Smith came along and took it over and bumped him out to right tackle for Kansas City. But Andrew Wiley can play right tackle or he can play either guard spot. And, and the flexibility that provides alone for the commanders is fantastic. Now, you will not be able to line him up against Hassan Reddick or against uh, uh, Micah Parsons without giving him a lot of help. He will not hold up. But week in and week out, he would be fine at right tackle if you had to, or you can kick him into either guard spot. And it just makes this offensive line more solid. Now, they'll still need to draft somebody. There's no question about it. But this is a fantastic signing for Wiley. I haven't seen the money, but I know it's not a lot. He won't command a lot in an open market. But this was a fantastic signing for the commanders to move farther in the right direction here, help out who's ever at quarterback, help out the entire offense. Uh, Simon, you first uh, talk about anything, everything here on, on the list. Well, you know, I'm going to follow up on, on that with the offensive line. Uh, I believe Wiley got three-year, 24 mil a season, so about eight mil a season, which is fine. I was a little disappointed for the commanders going for Gates and Wiley. It feels it's better than last year bringing in Norwell. Uh, wow, Andrew Norwell just catching two strays on this same podcast. Um, it, it felt a little like go get Andrew Norwell and, and Trey Turner, right? Uh, just fill in the gaps. Both guys are a little bit better than than those guys. I think Nick Gates, you know, we, we still don't fully know what he is um, because of the the crazy broken leg that he had a couple years ago for the Giants. But, I mean, he was playing like – he was like rotating with guys this season for the Giants. It's never a vote of confidence when you see that on the offensive line. Um, and, and then Andrew Wiley is, yeah, just fine. But whether he's at tackle or guard, is he playing next to Sam Cosme uh, over there who's also toggling between right tackle and right guard? It's just – I wanted, I just wanted them to do more. They had, they had a decent amount of cap space um, that now claiming uh, Cam Dantzler, I think is a good move. And, and Gates and Wiley are both fine. I just, I wanted a little bit more to to touch on the other guys. James going back to the Saints, I think is a good call um, for, for the Saints. I'm surprised James was going for it, but you know, uh, they, they gave him a check. So I guess he'll take it. Draymond Jones and Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, both getting signed away. Three, four year deals respectively. 50 mil plus for the, those guys. Defensive tackles are getting paid. The Vikings, I mean, yeah, they got Marcus Davenport, but Dalvin Tomlinson was a guy that, you know, I think they pretty much were counting on. I think they thought that was in the bag. Uh, they they moved his void date back a couple of days back at the the end of February because they were basically like, yeah, we're, we're going to resign him. And he was like in the building. They were like already negotiating. So I think the Vikings are, are losing a lot of guys. So so that's a tough offseason for them. Ronan, any, anything on this last group of names for you? Uh, nothing really other than the Vikings being able to pick up Marcus, Marcus Davenport, who, uh, you know, has had success in his time in New Orleans. So uh, sure, they do lose Dalvin Tomlinson, but at the very least, they do bring in another respectable talent on that defensive front. Absolutely. And I almost forgot it. Um, I'm going <laughs> to the Chargers have signed uh, linebacker Eric Hendricks. OK, and. Listen, I this is nothing on Eric Kendricks, okay? So if he's listening in the audience or his agents listening, this is nothing on them. I don't I don't get it, Chargers. What are you doing? All right. You have been the worst or one of the worst run defenses in the past two years for the NFL. And while bringing back a, the defensive tackle, they, the defensive tackle they brought in last offseason was a good start. It wasn't anywhere near enough. I, I really wish, and Levante David would have been incredibly expensive. They would have had to move a lot around to make it happen. But if that were on the table, if, if he gets away from Tampa Bay, um, that would have been a good signing. 
The guy I really wanted is the guy that's rumored to be heading back to Seattle, Bobby Wagner, who is one of the all-time best run-stopping linebackers ever in history. And while he can't pass cover the way he used to, and he never was very good at getting the quarterback, Wagner would have been an insane add to a run-stopping defense that really, really, really needed it, not to mention his veteran leadership. Would have loved Wagner. And then the uh, the Panthers, I think, re-signed, uh, already re-signed uh, Shaq Thompson back. But Thompson would have been a good add had he been on the market as well. So the Chargers here, I, I, you know, I guess you're trying, but you're not trying hard enough. So um, I, I would have liked to have seen them move in a different direction there. Anything else on this group here before we move into the next segment, guys? All right. No, sir. Uh, we covered a lot. Now, uh, Simon, I think I'm going to let you introduce this Bears trade and Panthers trade, and, and then me and Will all three start uh, jumping into it. Now. Oh, boy, let's get to it. Man, w- the fact that we can be an hour into the podcast and now talk draft trades uh, just shows how exciting day one of free agency was. So just for the audience, a little housekeeping real quick. That was day one of free agency. Obviously, it's just the tampering period. I don't think we're going to have an emergency podcast during the week to recap the rest of it, but hey, you never know with us. Um, At the very least, we'll be back next week, same time, same place, uh, recapping all of free agency and everything else. But that was day one. But now we want to get to the news from the week previous, right? The actual real week of stuff that happened between now and our last podcast. The headliner of that is we had finally gotten our trade for the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. And that trade was this. The Bears are trading down from number one all the way down to number nine to the Carolina Panthers for the number nine pick, the number 61 pick, which is in the second round, the Panthers' 2024 first-round pick, their 2025 second-round pick, and wide receiver DJ Moore. So Bears going from one to nine for a second-rounder, a future second, a future first, and wide receiver DJ Moore. The Panthers sending all of that to go from nine to one and get their run at quarterback. Uh, Ronan, what were your first thoughts when you saw this trade go through? What a haul, man. What a haul, especially staying inside of the top 10. Now, you could make the argument uh, they do lose value getting outside of the top five, losing out on a guy like Will Anderson. Uh, Jalen Carter is pending, you know, a whole other thing, uh, but losing out, most likely losing out on one of those two guys uh, to potentially be the cornerstone of your defense does hurt a little bit. But whenever you look at what they got in return, it, it's hard to it's hard to sit there and dwell on that because with DJ Moore coming into town, uh, Justin Fields finally has a wide receiver one who he can rely on, and now the Bears don't have to look at wide receiver as a problem. Uh, we went into this offseason kind of making fun of the wide receiver room. Now with Chase Claypool coming in there they're at the halfway point in the season, uh, it made it a little bit more respectable. But, all yeah, all in all, it, it was really, it was one of the worst in the league. DJ Moore walking in there, all of a sudden wide receiver isn't an issue anymore. And now you can turn your attention to offensive line, the entirety of your defense basically. Uh, and everything moving forward. Two first-round picks, two second-round picks is nothing to scoff at. Uh, so, Ben, I don't know what your thoughts were. I'm sure you align relatively close to with uh, with us. Well, let me first – I'm going to give two standing ovations here. Let me first give a standing ovation to the Chicago Bears, okay? 
They are finally, finally, finally doing something for Justin Fields. Let's just all celebrate and give a toast to Chicago, okay? I love it. They got all kinds of draft picks. They've got a legit, Ronan, you mentioned it, a legit, beautiful wide receiver for him to throw the football to. <laughs> In addition to Chase Claypool, who, while it is not what we all maybe hoped he would be, is still a decent receiver. So now you, you mentioned it, it's not a hor- it's not a horrible receiver room anymore. Um, they, they're trying on offensive line, hope to see a lot more on offensive line than what we've seen, both in free agency and the draft. But they are finally, finally, finally doing it, and they've got so many draft picks to work with, not just this year, but for the next couple of seasons now. So love it, love it, love it. Chicago, keep it up. Love it. Now, let me give stand the donation to the Carolina Panthers here. It's a lot, and nobody wanted to give up DJ Moore. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. They love it. Love him, love him, love him. Nobody wants to see him go, and nobody wants to think about those draft picks. But listen, 2015, the Panthers are in the Super Bowl with Cam Newton, their MVP quarterback, and immediately after, they pay him a lot of money and his production drops the next season. It never does get back up. He's never the same quarterback after that. A couple of injuries start kicking in, and then he's gone, and they haven't had a a good quarterback since. That's been seven years ago now. Good gosh. So, I have encouraged teams to trade up in this draft for those top two quarterbacks. I hope, hope, hope they're going after C.J. Stroud. But even if they don't, Bryce Young is still worth trading up for, too. Okay, so I love it. I love it. I love it. I wish that it wasn't so expensive, but they'll be fine. There are other ways to build the team, both through free agency and through second and third round draft picks. So for me, standing ovation to both teams here. They're both doing what they have to do to make a difference and be better. So I absolutely love it. Simon? Yeah, absolutely. Ronan, I want to follow up on some stuff you had before we kick it back to you. But I I, I was going to find it so fascinating how far back they wanted to go. Because, yeah, that if Houston wanted to move up to one or if the Colts wanted to move up to one, that was, okay, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson territory. If they wanted to go back to the Raiders at seven or to the Bears at nine, that puts them squarely in probably getting the first offensive tackle off the board territory. Now the Raiders could still go tackle at seven, um, but you're still going to get your pick of one of the top three regarded tackles in the draft. So I thought that them going into that range was very clearly, okay, we could go for one of these defensive guys or we could shift the focus and make it on one of these offensive linemen that we can get at nine, which again, what we've been saying, goes to they want to make the focus on Justin Fields this offseason, which is just incredible. So I'm really excited for what they're going to do there. Um, nine and 61, I would love to see offensive linemen go go both, go tackle, go center, um, go tackle, go guard, whatever you're going to do. And then DJ Moore just opens up so, so much for this offense. So I'm so excited. Carolina, yeah, you got to go get your guy. You, you can't just sit on this and say, I think so-and-so is worth a – uh, mid first round pick, so that means I think he's going to be here at nine. Nah, buddy, it don't it don't work. But you want your guy, you've got a guy you want, uh, and very rarely is it we're happy with three quarterbacks. Teams might say that, um, you know, internally or to the media. Oh, so and so's happy with whoever falls to them at three. No, they're not. You know that if you if you have a real quarterback that you want, this probably applies to most positions, but especially quarterback. If you're just happy with any three guys. You don't actually love any of them. They they have a guy, they might not say 100%, right? They're going to do a little bit more work, obviously. But they have one guy in mind going up to get. And I'm with Ben. I hope that's CJ Stroud for sure. Uh, Ronan, any more thoughts on this trade? 
Yeah, just to put a bow on it, I, I wanted to kind of note the wide receiver core again for Chicago because it all right. So pre Pickens Steelers, right? Uh, you had Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, and that was widely regarded as a solid wide receiver room. And now you look at Chicago with DJ Moore and Chase Claypool, and then you also have Darnell Mooney, and then you go ahead and throw Cole Komet in there. Now all of a sudden there's something to get excited about, and the Bears have a buttload of picks to add on to this already pretty decently set up roster. You know, there, there are obviously holes uh throughout but shoot you could say that about just about any team a point that i heard that was great was um dj moore was such an essential part of this trade and why this trade happened before free agency because this free agency class at wide receiver is not very good we talked about it last week there's nice pieces but alan lazard robert woods who went to the texans on a two-year deal uh even juju smith schuster any of these guys they're second options at best but preferably third options and in the draft there's not a slam dunk go get this guy with the ninth pick with the fourth pick with the 30th pick whatever it is um so getting dj Moore, that's you know dj Moore or michael pittman jr if this was going to indianapolis really feels like going to be huge parts of this trade and that was why ryan poles gm of the bears he said in an interview about a week or two ago that he was like, oh, I'm so confident. I know I can get a 2024 first and a 2025 first. Well, he sacrificed that 2025 first by a little bit going down to the second round uh, and got DJ Moore out of it. So, I mean, just, just incredible haul, I think, overall. I think we're all very excited. I think both teams did the right thing. And we're, above all, again, just one more. Just so happy for Justin Fields, man. And, and this gives them the room as well in case Fields does have a down season. I'm not expecting, I don't think any of us are expecting it. We're going to know a little bit more if Fields is a franchise quarterback. And if they determine he's not, which again, that's not what we're saying. I think he is. But if he's not, man, they've got an extra first next year and an extra second the year after that to go and make a trade up for what is at this time considered a loaded quarterback draft class next year. But that happens every year. We were saying the same thing last year. So uh, to, to that end, let's move on to another big trade. Um, ben, I'll kick it to you first. That way the energy isn't just drained out of this podcast studio uh, when we get to it. But the Dolphins made a trade just the other day for one Jalen Ramsey, cornerback of the Los Angeles Rams. They sent a whopping third round pick and tight end Hunter Long. Uh, Ben, what were your thoughts on, on Rams? You could, you could attack it from the dolphin side. If you just want to think positively, um, or, you know, go, go wherever you want, but Jalen Ramsey to the dolphins for a third round pick and hunter long. Let me criticize the dolphins real quick before I brag on them. Okay. The dolphins, the past 20, 30 years now have not been very good at drafting and they're not very good at roster building. And I think they know it. I think their fans know it. It shows up in the records, all right? It just does, all right? But if you know you're that team, then forget the draft picks. Go go pull in some of these guys. So you notice all the names that they've pulled in. They're not going after guys that they hope improve. They're pulling in guys the past couple of off seasons who are proven, proven studs. And, yeah, the price is high, whether you're trading for – well, in this case, the price isn't high for trading, but the, but the money's high. So, yeah. you know – 
How long will this last? I don't know. Maybe just a couple of seasons here. But they've got a chance to win some games. Bringing in Jalen Ramsey, I absolutely love it for the Dolphins to be doing that. And if you know that you're not very good at drafting, which they're not, they're not horrible. So please don't. If you're in the audience and you're a Dolphins fan, please don't hear me say the Dolphins can't draft anybody. But they're not very good at it. Okay, and they haven't been very good at putting a roster together. They just haven't. But here's a guy, another stud, in, in addition to left tackle Taron Armstead from last year, Tyreek Kill that they brought in. Um, they're putting together a team that is very, very tough to deal with. So I absolutely love it for the Dolphins. Ronan, take it away. Yeah, yeah, I guess I will. Um, yeah, I'll, This is why I'm, we I'm saved gonna, this for the end of the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate that because that really <laughs> would have just drained the life out of it. Um <laughs> I'm going to approach it from the Rams side of things. And uh, while I do that, I, I don't want it to sound like I am defending what they what they did. Um, but it was, I, I don't know if uh, how accurate the report is, but leading up to the day of the trade, it seemed like Miami did not think that they were going to be able to acquire Jalen Ramsey. Uh, they didn't think that their offer was enough for the Rams to be able to go ahead and pull the trigger. Um, however, it apparently Miami was where Jalen wanted to be. So the Rams granted Jalen his wish of playing for the Dolphins uh, for a, a scheme that he's familiar with. And uh, they, they shipped him off to Miami for a bag of balls. Um, the third round pick, cool, I guess. You know, you would have loved to have seen it. Personally, yeah. I, I get you know, he wanted to be there, sure. But what, get two day two picks. Uh, a, a third round pick is just absolutely horrible. I'm trying to keep this clean for any children listening. Yeah, it, it's abysmal. A third round pick for Jalen Ramsey is abysmal. And then along with Hunter Long, who we didn't get to see a whole lot of, he was behind Mike Gusecki last year. It seems like he's primarily just a pass catching tight end. Uh, so he he just didn't fit the the Miami system whatsoever. The same reason Gasecki didn't. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we're looking at Hunter Long hung up in the rafters around SoFi Stadium in 15 years, Hall of Ring of Honor, Ring of Fame, whatever. Uh, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be likely. He's probably going to be a backup tight end for us uh, for the however long his contract is for. What probably two years now? I believe he's been in the league two years. Yeah. Uh, so, and then the third round pick, I, I, we better draft an all pro anything or, or else this trade was literally all for naught. Um, Simon, you can go ahead and take it away. I'm just going to go ahead and go cry in the corner. Does anybody know before, before I get into my points, does anybody know the actual pick, the actual selection that the Rams got? Oh, I believe it's 70 something. Right, I believe not, it. It's still a top one hundred pick. Bad. That's not too bad. I wasn't no. sure if there was some, if it was a comp pick or something like that, where it's like it's a third rounder, but it's pick one hundred four, and then it's just like tough. Uh, that's not a real third rounder. Um, here's the thing, man. I don't get it. What are we doing with the Rams here, man? I I am all for everything they did, really up till this off season. You go for broke. Go for the Super Bowl. You got the Super Bowl. Nothing that you do after that can take that away from you. You accomplish your goal. You won a Super Bowl. 
there 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 is nothing that could happen if all of these guys are making 50 million dollars for two seasons after the super bowl and they all get hurt and nobody plays a game but you won a super bowl you won a super bowl that's it i'm good you you've done it no one can take that away from you no fan can come up and say well you know nothing happened for two years after that i don't care man we won a freaking super bowl what i don't get is after one year where it's bad because everybody got hurt. Matt Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Sean McVay was hurt emotionally and mentally. He didn't want to be there last season. And Jalen Ramsey gave up for like two months and then was good again in December. That year's an outlier. How is this season, how is 2023-24 not still a Super Bowl window? Right? We see them cut Leonard Floyd. We see them trade Jalen Ramsey. We see all these guys walk out the door and, and more guys apparently to come. What did McVeigh come back for? What did Stafford come back for with his neck that's like not right? Like he he should not be playing on an eight and nine team, a nine and eight team that, you know, when rumors started last week that, you know, they were going to look to trade him too, which A was just crazy, but B, then the Rams, I forget who it was, I forget if it was Les Snead or somebody else came out and said like, oh no, he's going to usher us into the next era. The next era doesn't exist, buddy. The era is win Super Bowls. F them picks, right? That's where we're at. Like, how do we go from that two years ago to having one injury plague season and now lie down like dogs and just get, give up? You think Donald, when he decided to not retire, thought that they were going to trade Jalen Ramsey? Do you think Cooper Cup out there rehabbing and Matt Stafford dealing with neck injuries thought that they were going to retool and reshape the team for a year or two? Even Sean McVay, when he decided he wasn't going to go and make $80 million a year in TV or whatever he was going to do and decide to come back and go through the stress of being a head coach in the NFL, did he know that they were going to trade Jalen Ramsey at that point? And if he did, if if he was like, Guys, I'm considering retirement. We want a Super Bowl, and I want to go out on top. And they're like, or you could come back to a rebuilding team with no money. And he was like, you know what? You know, to quote the South Park meme, and yeah, to go PG-13 for a minute, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Like, no, I, I don't get it. I'm so confused. I do not I do not understand. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of stories and articles by journalists and, and everybody that are very well-researched and written that will answer these questions. But as we sit here today – what, 24 to 36 hours after the Jalen Ramsey trade? I have no idea what the Rams are doing because the NFC is still fairly open, man. I mean, the Eagles are losing a lot of pieces. Uh, the The 49ers, we don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be week one. The Cowboys obviously need help, and things are going backwards from a coaching standpoint, I think, for this offense. I don't understand it, how we're not in the window anymore. Now, maybe the Rams take this third-round pick. They're pretty good with third-round picks. And apparently they've said they liked our, their young corners that are on the team. Maybe they just feel that, you know, they can piecemeal the rest of the defense. Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford are going to be great when they're both healthy on offense again. Um, and this is going to be fine. But I just don't see it. I don't see where where the direction is going. Ronan, do you think you can uh, shine a little light on that situation for me? So, Simon, uh, the only explanation I can really give you is uh... – Barring a couple more moves, I believe the scenario I saw was like Tyler Higby being cut uh, and then maybe a, another move here and there. Uh, next season, the Rams are looking at about $80 million in free cap space. 
And that is still with Donald, Cup, and Stafford all on the roster. So if one of those three, because it does seem like at the very least one of those three won't be on the roster next year, we're going to be looking at a decent chunk of change. Um, so the the mixture of that and, you know, McVeigh has said uh, he doesn't want this whole him leaving at the end of every season thing to be a, a constant. So the way that he makes it sound is that he wants to be a coach at least for a couple more years before he goes off and makes a, a crap ton of money. Um, but there, there isn't really an explanation in terms of if they really did buy into the screw them picks, we're going to go all in every year. Uh, there is no explanation for trading Jalen Ramsey because he wasn't in a contract year. You didn't have to move him. Uh, there were numerous different other routes that you could, or aver- avenues that you could go down uh, to avoid this exact scenario, right? And, and you look at the defense uh, after releasing Bobby Wagner, after releasing Leonard Floyd, um, th- there's not a whole lot there to begin with, or there wasn't to begin with going into this offseason. So, you know, trading Jalen Ramsey is only going to make next year's defense worse. Uh, there's uh, there's no question about that. Uh, and I, I don't know if I have a, a real answer as to why, you know, guys like McVay, Donald, and Stafford came back if this is going to be the team uh, that, they, that they're going to be coming out there with in 2023. The only thing I can – and this might be me crossing my fingers – is that they're they're gearing up for something a little bit bigger again? It is the only real explanation, uh, justifiable explanation for what the Rams have done this offseason, because they haven't. Re- yes, they they've moved multiple pieces. They've got rid of multiple pieces, but they haven't torn it all down. Matthew Stafford is yeah. still their quarterback. They've still got an, an older Cooper Cup as their wide receiver, um, and they've still got Sean McVay along with Aaron Donald. Uh, so uh, they're in this weird limbo of, you know, we're retooling the the offense and rebuilding the defense, but we're keeping the best defensive player arguably in the league at this point. Uh, it, it's just a super, super weird scenario that I hate being a fan of um, <laughs> because this is pretty gut-wrenching. But on the flip side of that, like you said, we won the Super Bowl. Uh, the Rams won the Super Bowl. So you know, we could go through however many years of, uh, you know, what? well, shoot, I- I'm 21 years old. Ever since I've become football, like, coherent, the Rams were garbage until 2017. So I, I can go another 15 years. Sure, yeah, why not? I- I've done it before. Do it again. As long as it means we get what we just did, that five-year span, because that was fun football, man. I, I mean, in terms of you know, re, re well, shoot, they revolutionized the offensive game. I mean, we're seeing dudes who had coffee with Sean McVay getting head coaching gigs for a reason. So, yeah, I mean, it, right now it stings, but in a in five years or ten years, I'm going to look back at that span of you know Ram, Rams' success and view it as an overall win and uh, not have uh, – I'm not going to have any regrets because I'm just some bum sitting on the couch watching guys play football. 
but you know, in terms of you know, being a Rams fan, I'm not going to hang my hat on anything. I don't think, but uh, th that's my very long winded, uh, not really nailed down explanation as to why the Rams have done what they did. Cause I don't think there is really an explanation. I mean, I, I maybe less need can give one, but even then I don't even, I don't know if it's one that he truly believes. Uh, we'll just get ben, less on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'll shoot him a text. I'll shoot him a text. Uh, but Ben, you, you started off the Jalen Ramsey talk. Uh, I, I'd love to get your thoughts as we wrap it up. Yeah, and I'll say this. It, it sounds like possibly maybe either the owner stepped in and said, hey, guys, y'all got to re revamp this a little bit. Or maybe, like you alluded to, maybe they had a talk with Sean McVay and they feel like he's going to hang around for long enough to kind of get this built back up again, which would be good news for Rams fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. If um, this is one step backward for two steps forward, if they if they like those young DBs and they think, hey, in two years at the money they'll cost, because I think part of this was also Ramsey wanted those last two years of his contract guarantee, get that reworked a little bit. Maybe, maybe for them, this is almost in two phases with the McVay Stafford era. And it's, hey, that first Super Bowl was F them picks, just get it. And then maybe after that, okay, we don't have to quite be in that. How can we build back to another one and set up the future team to not have dead cap for, for everybody in 2026, right? Maybe that's part of the deal. That's that's the price you pay, right? Um, and, and if Stafford and McVeigh and Donald and, and Cooper Cup are all going to be around for the next, let's say, three years, maybe one year step back, kind of set yourself up for another two-year run when some of your young guys mature and, and Hey, you know, Logan Bruss, the third round pick last year, we didn't get to see, he might, you never know. Maybe he fixes the offensive line. Um, Ernest Jones had a nice season this year at linebacker. Maybe they feel like his value next year, even off the ball will equal what Leonard Floyd would have brought, brought off the edge. So um, you made me feel better, Ronan. Uh, I'm less mad at the Rams now, just a little <laughs> bit, but if, if McVay retires after the season and so does Stafford, then I'm going to be mad again. And we'll just come back Absolutely. and yell at them a little more. But hold on to that Super Bowl. No one could take that until, away Until they get Caleb Williams. Go ahead and bank on oh, him. Oh, He's staying in L.A., baby. They'll trade all the first-round picks they've already traded, and that'll get them the first overall pick. Wait, right. they have their they have their own first round of next year, don't they? Exactly. We're just gonna all start right. it all over I'm again. I'm seeing the vision. This is we're gonna tank. start it all over again. The full tank is in effect. Me? I got it. Yes, I'm, I'm done. That's how they really got McVeigh back. They're like, listen, this team's done, but check out this USC tape. This is what you're here for. All right, all right, we're back in. Rams Tank Fest 2023. Um, let's hit a couple more news pieces as we get out of here. The, the Ravens non-exclusive tag for quarterback Lamar Jackson, that's been talked to to death. Um, if you want to hear any of our voices talk about it, Ben talked about it on the Odds on Favor podcast last week. I talked about it on the Simon Shore podcast last week with Brandon Tim of the Phantom Fantasy Football podcast. So Phantom Sports has you covered on the mechanics of this. Mainly, another round of applause to Ronan Summers, who last week wouldn't shut up about the non-exclusive tag. <laughs> And it annoyed the crap out of me. And I kept just saying, it's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. And I got a lot of the specifics wrong on how it even worked because I thought there was no way they were going to do it. And the Ravens did it. I think they've set themselves up for failure. We won't go in depth on the mechanics of this, but first off, just shout out to Ronan. Way to go. Good call by you. Uh, next, with Lamar, 
several teams have come out and said that they're not interested. We've seen a couple corresponding moves to that, right? The Raiders were one of those teams. The Dolphins were one of those teams. Since they came out and said they weren't interested, Tua Tungvaluwa's fifth-year option picked up. Jimmy Garoppolo resigned. I thought the Raiders just straight up didn't have the money for it, which is why I think they're also probably out now on the Aaron Rodgers trade. Um, the commanders said they were out. I think same thing, their ownership situation. I just don't think they could afford to pay Lamar Jackson the kind of contract he would want. Um, some of those other teams were silly, but let's just uh, brainstorm a couple teams here. I wrote down a few names. I'd be interested to hear what names you guys have as well. Um, what are, what are we thinking? Who, who could be in the running for Lamar? And are they doing that through an offer sheet straight up? Try to give two round, two first round picks and a bunch of money. Or maybe some kind of sign-in trade before an offer sheet is signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, ben, let's kick it over to you. Lamar Jackson, where do you think he could end up? Hey, I'll, I'll start with this. I'm encouraging any team that will listen to me to trade up to that number two spot to go after the other quarterback, whether it's Stroud or Young. I like them both. Um, that's that's my best route. After that, I encourage any team who needs a quarterback for the next five to ten years to go after Lamar Jackson. I know it costs a lot. I know there there are months and weeks in which he's not elite, but he offers so much that you just can't get from anybody else. So, um, you know, I encourage them to do that. One team I would love to see do that is the Houston Texans. I don't necessarily trust them to pull in a young quarterback, develop the young quarterback, and give him the resources. Now, they pulled in Deshaun Watson. They never gave him the offensive line. It was awful the whole time. Um, so I'd rather see them pull in Lamar Jackson and then hopefully they don't have to develop him. They just give him the resources. Hopefully they'll do that. So I, I would like to see the Texans do it for, for my, for my money. Ben and I did that very trade. It was for two and 12 when we did on the Simon short podcast mock draft. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you do. Um, but the Texans in the scenario would keep that 12th overall pick. So they could still go do something with that. They trade two, they trade their first round pick next year. That could be pretty interesting. Ronan, were there any teams you, you thought of in particular? Um, you know, I think Atlanta, obviously that that's been a hot name surrounding Lamar, but you know, as, conversations have continued it seems like they're out as well but you know that's to be determined I believe the Browns were out on Deshaun Watson until he was offered a fully guaranteed deal so I think anything's on the table really you know I think teams are more if every team is saying that they're out for a former MVP winner uh, I won't even get into his accolades but he, he is that guy right it, it Something's fishy there. Something I I don't necessarily believe that that's the case. Um, but in terms of teams, Atlanta and Detroit, uh, Detroit would be a really fun one. If uh, mm -hmm. I don't know the financial side of things, if uh, they'd be they able to figure it. that out. Okay, well, it. shoot, then get it done, Detroit. Uh, ben, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I wasn't going to go down it, but you brought it up. Because there's people out there talking about that. Why would nobody be interested in a guy who's obviously better than what a lot of teams can trot out in the draft or otherwise? Here's what's going on. The the players associated and the players and their agents have been pushing for guaranteed contracts for a long, long, long time. Because they know you get injured, you come back, you're not healthy, you don't make much money anymore. General managers and franchises, for the same reason, don't want to give out guaranteed contracts. Because if you hand out $100, $200 million to a guy and you're tied to him for a decade, you're screwed if the guy gets hurt. So it's a never-ending battle. If you can't get it through the CBA, though, the players and their agents know 
well, let's just let the owners kind of greedy their way into this by <laughs> guaranteeing the contracts of a couple of top quarterbacks and then everybody else will start getting guarantees too. So here's poor Lamar Jackson sitting in the middle of all this. He just wants to get paid and play. He's, he's not a part of all that. But you're basically, he's being a pawn. And eventually, you're going to have people shouting collusion. But it, it's no less of a collusion on the agent's parts as well to try to hammer this in as, as, as a, a, not a part of the CBA, leverage it in through owner's greed. Um, that, that's what's happening here. And it's not going to stop. So we're getting closer and closer to fully guaranteed anyway. Yeah. My, my thing with Lamar on the fully guarantees is it's going to happen at some point. And in the Ravens case, do you really want to be just sitting there without Lamar where in two years, it's probably going to happen regardless. But with that, some names, some, some teams I jotted down. Uh, my first thought was about an hour before the news of the not of the tag came in, we got the news that the jets were on a plane to go talk to Aaron Rodgers. And my thought was, can they just turn the plane around, go home and, and send the two first yeah. round picks instead? Um, that would be yeah. great. The Patriots was a team that I thought was interesting. They traded John U. Smith this week, freeing up some cap space. Um, the Titans I talked about, I don't think they're going to move on from Tannehill unless they can upgrade. Maybe that's one. Don't think so now. Uh, Falcons, I also I agree with Rona. I don't believe it until it actually happens. The Lions I had, the 49ers I had, I don't think they can afford it now, but that was a team that I thought would be interesting. The last team I want to really talk about, the only one that right now I'm really focused on, is the Colts. The big loser, I think, of the Panthers moving up to one. Are they going to sit at four and take the fourth? potentially best quarterback are they going to trade stuff to go to three just to get the third best quarterback or do you trade two first round picks and, and send a bunch of money and get lamar jackson that that's my top one right now um a couple other offensive news pieces we didn't touch these guys last week just because we were talking about free agents but some wide receivers while we were talking about dj Moore earlier that also could be seeing new teams next year deandre hopkins and odell beckham jr OBJ ran a little workout in Arizona, I think. Apparently went really well. Some teams are interested. No financial offers have been made yet. DeAndre Hopkins, apparently the Cardinals are shopping. The 31-year-old wide receiver, obviously the Cardinals are going to be without Kyler Murray for a lot this season if they can save some cap. Marquise Hollywood-Brown had a decent year last year. Uh, try to retool that wide receiver room while they're in kind of a rebuild year. Here's a list of teams that I wrote down for these two guys. Um if each of you could just throw back one of the teams that you like specifically for either guy or both or whatever, uh, I think we can just hit this one pretty quick. So here are the teams I have that could be looking at one of these vet receivers. Uh, the New England Patriots, the Baltimore Ravens, ironically, the Green Bay Packers, the New York Giants, the Carolina Panthers. Now, obviously, trading DJ Moore, they have a hole. Could they send you know, their lone second round pick left to get one of these guys or to get Hopkins, uh, the Los Angeles chargers, the Tennessee Titans. Again, don't know what they're doing. The Buffalo bills and the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Ronan, let me kick it to you first. Any of those teams stand out to you for either of those receivers? Sorry. I didn't uh, put the Rams. I, if you want to just throw the Rams no, in for OBJ, go for it. No, we, we, we can't, we can't, it's over. It's over. Go ahead and shock it. But to answer your question, uh, I'd love to see Odell go back, home to the Giants, truthfully. Uh, they're in need of a receiver. Uh, he has a – he's been there, you know, and he, I'm sure there's guys on that squad that he'd love to reunite with. Um, and it's a fun team to watch now, right? It's kind of getting back to that 2016 energy of, uh, you know, just fun to watch Giants. 
And uh, as far as D Hop goes, I actually have a little bit of an oddball. Um, I I have a team that you did not name. I'm gonna say the Cleveland Browns. Uh, reuniting potentially with Deshaun Watson, the Browns have landed or freed up some landing space for Deshaun or for D Hop to just come right on in, back up the Brinks truck. They're in need of a wide receiver. Potentially Hopkins reunites with Watson. Uh, Ben. I won't touch the money or the draft picks that it might take to put this deal together. I'll leave that alone, right? But I like all the teams you mentioned, Simon. I encourage any team that's looking to actually upgrade their wide receiver room. We just talked about a bunch of free agents that we didn't necessarily think would automatically change your position group or your side of the ball. DeAndre Hopkins is different. He is a man's man. You talk about one of the best wide receivers still in the game today, has been for years now. And I think he'll be good for the next several seasons because while speed is part of his game, it's not the only part of his game. He is physical. He runs good routes. He has good hands. You talk about a guy I think will be viable for the next three or four years. It will be expensive. The team that stands out to me, though, would be the Ravens. You talk about a team that can't seem to draft wide receivers to save their lives. So I, I would love to see the Ravens with or without Lamar Jackson. Um, pull in a guy like Hopkins, it would completely change their offense and their wide receiver room. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's see, just a couple housekeeping items here, a couple key releases. The Bucks <laughs> released left tackle Donovan Smith as part of uh, really last minute, kind of at the end of last week, uh, effort to get under the cap. We mentioned, I think just last week, that they were still like 50-some million over the cap. They made a lot of moves in short order, including the release of left tackle Donovan Smith, a guy who I think is better than the way he played last year. I think everyone was just kind of done with the Bucks, but that's a interesting left tackle that's out on the market now. Uh, they made all these moves apparently just so they could go bring in Baker Mayfield to play quarterback. That'll be interesting. Um, nothing official on that yet, but it sounds like they're targeting him. The Titans release center Ben Jones, which at the time of the release, I just thought was going to be they were going to reallocate that money to their young guards who were free agents. Aaron Brewer, left guard, is a restricted free agent. Nate Davis, unrestricted free agent at right guard, but Davis is with the Bears now. So I don't know what the Titans' plans are on the interior of that offensive line. And the Vikings released wide receiver Adam Thielen. Uh, Ronan, do you want to jump on any of those guys? Yeah, Vikings releasing Adam Thielen was a little bit of a curveball. I know the, it was more about the financials than anything else. Um, his production on the field has gone down a tad, uh, but that's what will happen whenever you have Offensive Player of the Year, just Justin Jefferson on the opposing side of him. So I, I don't think that had a whole lot to do with Adam Thielen kind of losing a step or anything. Um, I think it was just more about the Vikings kind of prioritizing you know, the the financial side of things and realizing, okay, yes, Thielen is good, but we can get someone in there for significantly cheaper and putting up, you know, maybe 70% of the production that he is. So I understand the move, and that's another one of those moves. Um, I know he has a, a Thielen has a, a friendship with Aaron Rodgers. That could be something to keep an eye on. Maybe they uh will package deal action going on there. I don't know. Uh, ben? Uh, yeah, I, I like everything you just mentioned, uh, Ronan. Real quick, the Titans, not so much the release of the center, but they have released several guys. I wasn't particularly excited when, when I heard about the power moves going on inside the organization. 
But I'm curious now. They've got me curious with all the releases of these players that they've done. They've got me curious to see if they're actually going to upgrade in talent instead of just paying a lot of guys who are kind of fair to middling and, and can kind of get you by. Are they actually going to focus on trying to increase some talent levels here um, through the draft and free agency? I'm curious. We'll see. Yeah, Titans are super fascinating. No idea what's going to happen there. We will continue to monitor and see where it goes. Uh, so this week's episode was actually supposed to start with just looking at some defensive free agents. Of course, uh, a lot of them have already been signed. We're just going to hit these groups real, real quick and, and determine where some teams might be needing some defensive help. Defensive line, some names still out there. Leonard Floyd from the Rams, Frank Clark from the Chiefs, Yannick, uh, Yannick Ngakwe from the Colts, Larry Ogunjobi Steelers, Calais Campbell, who was released, uh, I think, today or yesterday from the Ravens. Uh, Ronan, who could be looking for some defensive line help still? You think? Oh, come on, Simon. You know who I'm going to say. I've been saying it all episode long. The Bears. The Bears need defensive yep. line help. Uh, they've already addressed the linebacking. You know, they went into the offseason with the worst front seven in the league. Now they address the linebackers. Time to start getting the big men up front. It, it, it'll be all for naught if everybody's just going through the first layer, right? So uh, the first level. So the Bears are in desperate need of defensive line, and they could probably pick up one or two of those guys because really uh, off the top of my head, the only really prevalent guy on that line is Tashawn Gibson. Yeah, they definitely could. They're they're my number one team too. Uh, I, some other guys I had on here: Raiders, Cardinals, Texans, Falcons. Seahawks made a move. Falcons have actually made a lot of moves today. So um, maybe just Raiders, Cardinals, Texans are the other big teams to be looking for some defensive line help. Uh, let's hit linebacker now. Let me let me kick this one over to Ben. Some guys I have here: uh, Levante David from the Bucks, Rashawn Evans from the Falcons, Aziz Alshair from the Niners, Leighton Vander Esch, Cowboys, Cole Holcomb. From the commanders, a lot of linebackers, really the front seven, the deepest categories, deepest positions um, in free agency this year, off-ball linebacker especially, though. Ben, what are you thinking for these guys here in the middle? I love Levante David. I think he's the guy to go after. Um, I haven't studied a whole bunch of the teams looking for linebackers, but I, possibly the New York Giants and the Seattle Seahawks could both use a boost, whether or not it works out financially. But th those are two teams that could be looking at it. Love Levante David here. Yeah, I think a lot of the same teams, uh, Raiders, Bears would be in, uh, obviously off the table at this point, but Raiders, Lions, if they wanted to improve, improve that second linebacker position next to Anzalone, Chargers, they could still look to improve on Kenneth Murray uh, playing next to Eric Kendricks, um, but uh, still a lot of good off-ball linebackers. So I think that price is going to continue to go down. We've seen three levels of prices. Uh, David Long was fairly cheap. Okereke was pretty on brand. Tremaine Edmonds was pretty heavy. Um, so we could still see, I think, a slew of linebackers signed to a slew of different contracts. So that'll be interesting. Ronan, kicking it over to you for the safeties. We've got Jordan Poyer from the Bills, Juan Thornhill from the Chiefs, Julian Love from the Giants, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, of course, from the Eagles, Adrian Amos from the Packers. What do you think about for safeties? Man, Oh, we talked about the Bengals losing both of their starting safeties uh, so far, and Von Bell and Jesse Bates. So, you know, one of the five names that you just named have got to head their way over to Cincy, or else they're gonna they're they're gonna be in a little bit of trouble. I think. Uh, I don't think it'll be anything too drastic, but Cincy is going to need someone to go play center field, someone to you know, rough things up because their corners are decent not great it's not like they have a shutdown corner out there 
you know, the, the primary name or names in that secondary were their safeties in Von Bell and uh, Jesse Bates. So I, I view as the Bengals as top need safety. Go get one. Poyer, Amos, CJGJ, whatever you need to do. Great, great call there. I have the Raiders once again. Raiders, low-key, I think, have a lot more defensive holes than than we've been talking about. They had a linebacker literally retire after they played him too many times uh, this this season. Wrap it up here for us, Ben, on the corners, the all-important corners. Uh, some names here. James Bradbury still out there. Byron Murphy uh, from the Cardinals. Rocky Sin from the Raiders. Shaq Griffin from the Jacksonville Jaguars was released uh, earlier this week. Um, and Michael Jackson Sr. from the Seahawks, who had a pretty good year playing across from Tariq Woolen. Just a few of the names, still a lot more out there. Uh, who do you think could be looking for some more corner help this uh, free agency? Well, I, almost everybody. There are very few teams that can just say, hey, yeah. second, we're good. <laughs> there, yeah. There's a handful of teams that can say that. Uh, to me, James Bradbury from the Eagles, formerly the Giants, is the guy. Somebody's going to mm-hmm. overpay for him because I think it's a thin market. If you're looking into the draft, there's two or three guys at the top, and then it falls off big time for like the next 100 picks in the draft. So somebody's going to overpay for Bradbury, but that's okay because he will contribute to your secondary and make it better. Yeah, for sure. I do I do like the draft in the secondary, uh, but definitely in terms of being a shutdown number one corner, um, definitely going to be a limited market. It is going to be very interesting to see where all these guys continue to go. It's going to be a fast and furious rest of the free agency period. Fellas, we did it. I think I think we covered everything. Ronan, any closing thoughts for the night? Uh, you know, it's been a blast, and we've only scratched the surface. We're literally only on day one of tampering. The deals aren't even set in stone yet, and we've gone over probably, what, an hour, uh, what we expected. It was a great one, though. This was uh, lots of great stuff today. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Ben, closing thoughts for the evening. If you're still with us, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We're going to be like this the entire offseason. We have so much to talk about in depth. Thank you. Yes, thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast coming at you every Tuesday morning. All off-season long, we're going to have a ton of great stuff for you as we go. Be on the lookout. Maybe we'll throw in an extra pot at some point this week, but otherwise we'll be back next Tuesday to recap all of the first week of free agency. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Phantom Football. Email us any thoughts or questions. If you don't like what we said about your team tonight, uh, we'd love to get an angry email from you and read it out loud and make fun of you a little bit. Uh, That's phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. We really appreciate it. Uh, Everybody have a great rest of your week.